Coming up on this episode, we begin by trying to figure out why anyone likes pumpkins and what exactly is a soft drink. Then we get into the week's tech news, including Roku's new intrusive ads, trusting your cell carrier with your passwords, and Microsoft's dual screen future. It all starts right now. This is Don't Panic, episode number 255, recorded October 7th, 2019. Many new flavors. Hello, everybody. Welcome to this episode of Don't Panic, the technology podcast on gadgets, the internet, and you. I am Sean Jennings, joined as always uh, by two gentlemen who just are big fans of October. A couple of October heads. Colby Rabideau and Dan Muller. Hey. I mean, it is it's the 10th month of the, time year. of the year. Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely a time of the year. <laughs> the weather's getting cooler. The pumpkins are getting orangier. Yeah. Candy corn is now available. Have you ever bought a pumpkin to do something with it? Like, uh, well, to I consume was it? to consume it. Like, did you ever use it as a food? I like I to mean, imagine Dan just can. like taking a bite out of the side of a pumpkin. Like, Dan, it's not an apple. We, well, it just seems like the most useless fruit. We used it so you would carve a pumpkin, right? As as one does. And then we used to like bake the seeds with salt and stuff. They're very tasty. Then you eat them. Okay, yeah. Pumpkin seeds. That's yeah. a good point. I mean, you can also... I've never done it, but pumpkin pie gets made somehow, you know? Pump... How? I'm curious. How does it get made, Colby? Well, I mean, typically you get a get a can of pumpkins, but you could make it. You could make that that pumpkin gunk. Pumpkin gunk. Pumpkin guts. Yeah, it's possible. I know. Yeah, I haven't done any. I every year I want to carve a pumpkin, and then I'm way too lazy to actually do that. That that falls into the enormous hassle category that I'm not interested in. Mm. Fair. Yeah, it might only be fun if there are other people around. It might also not be fun if you're not a child. Right. And I don't even know if it was fun when you're a child. Like, I feel like that's one of those things you think are fun as a child. And they're not. Right. Yeah, I don't know. So anyway, that's I've got my big bowl. <laughs> Are you guys big candy corn guys? I love candy corn. And everyone makes fun of me for liking candy corn. Well, that's because it's not good. Sean. Oh, stop that. Come on. Get out of town. I need candy corn in July. I like candy, candy corn. Corn is just sugar. So is all and candy. Sugar's, and sugar is delicious. No, Thank that's you, what Dan. I'm saying. Thank I, you. It's no he different than any it. other candy is all I was trying to say. Thank I you. Just, I just think they could have tried a little harder. Sure, but that's not the American way. No, of course not. <laughs> that's true. Candy corn is pretty lazy. I'll give you that. Oh, I'm I'm bushed. You're bushed. So much, so much tech stuff going on. I just upgraded my laptop. Uh, read all the Catalina reviews, hoping hoping against hope that there would be some last minute container. Edition, there wasn't. Mm. Um, so I suffer onwards as a developer who has to use a Mac. I don't have to use a Mac, but I kind of do have to use a Mac. What what am I going to use? Linux on a laptop? I don't even know what that <laughs> is. Gotta be crazy. That's crazy. Thank you. Your um, your Linux. Now, uh, now, Dan, I heard. Mm-hmm. Word on the street that you had an interesting tech experience at one of Amazon's cashless stores. Oh, right. Um, yes, that is true. Uh, I found, I was walking uh, <laughs> quite a ways the, uh, on Sunday, and I literally stumbled across an Amazon Go store. And when I first saw it, I didn't realize what it was. I had never really been into any of the other Amazon stores, like the Amazon Four Star and that other one. Uh, Whole Foods? 
Like, I, ha- I have been to Whole Foods, and I, but did you know that? All right, never mind. I'll get to that. Uh, you're distracting me. I think there's another kind of store that. Oh, the Amazon bookstore. Yes. Uh, I haven't been in any of those, so I saw this Amazon Go store, and I was like, we need to go in. Thinking it was just you know we'd just be in and out a quick little like oh look haha whatever, and we walk in and I see these like subway style turnstile things and I'm like oh but then I'm like how do I get in like there's no like you can't walk in you have to badge in somehow like how do I badge in and then I'm looking up at the wall and it says get the app I'm like oh my god I have to download <laughs> an app to get into this place then. This guy appears, an employee of Oof. the cashierless store. Who what was his name? I, uh, I don't know what his name was. Oh. Um, we'll call him Beep Boop the Helpful Robot. He was extremely helpful and very nice. And as far, But as far as I could tell, his only job was to teach people how to get into the store. Uh, and then constantly reassure them that what they're doing is legal. <laughs> and you're sure he worked there? So, if you... If you well, he was able to go into the employee-only area. I did see that. If you open up your Amazon app, everyone, everyone uh, you can do oh, this should right we, now. Should we? Is this in the interactive you're, you're segment? Following along at home. Oh, jeez. <laughs> so I have to sign back in. Um. Okay. Let's see. Amazon.com. Oh. Yep. Open your Amazon app on your tele, uh, telephonic device. Yep. I want you to click on the cart icon. Okay. Well, the cart icon. Ooh, I have something in my cart. Oh, there's oh, Amazon too. Go. Look at that. Yeah. I, now, I would never have found this, Colby, but if you swipe along... I got some cables in my cart. Oh, God. You swipe along it's the It's so deep. It's deep. But a little... You can use whatever. You can use Amazon Pay. You can go to the books in the four-star stores. Your Whole Foods code is there. Uh, but yeah, you can click on this Amazon Go thing by swiping at the top of your cart. Uh, sort of horizontally and you get a barcode and you choose which credit card you're shopping with you boop yourself into this turnstile and then you're just in a store uh the store had basic food stuffs i would say for the most part some like grab and go kind of sandwiches and things uh and we got a chocolate bar and we walked out after the guy reassured uh, my lady friend that that was a thing that you could do, and we were not arrested, and she was charged later that day. Hey! Wow. Interestingly, it did not tell her what it was. It said Amazon Go three dollars fifty cents or whatever. And th- it didn't was... say chocolate bar three dollars fifty cents. And there was no like order history in the app or anything like that with the. Oh. No, but on the ceiling, they had all of these gray boxes that were angled different ways, like a grid of these gray boxes on the ceiling. It was pretty cool. So do you think now that that you've set it up and you understand how to use it, do you think it would be a a convenient and easy way to purchase things on the go? Uh, I think it could be. I think if you were, it's right near, it's right in Midtown. It's actually pretty close to my old apartment. And if you were heading to the office or something, you could very quickly go in, literally grab a sandwich and walk out the door. Um, I think it would be pretty convenient. I can't speak to the quality of said sandwiches. Sure. They also had like a soft, one of those like McDonald's soft drink machines and uh, like a coffee, automatic coffee thing that would make you disgusting coffee probably. The, the soft drink machine might be appealing for those who indulge in the soft drink. Sure. Mm-hmm. Neat. Are they called soft drinks because they don't have alcohol in them? Ooh. I don't know. It's a good question. To the Google machine. I was about to bring up the White Claw story again. A mm. s- Wikipedia defines a soft drink as a drink that usually contains carbonated water, a sweetener, and a natural or artificial flavoring. Uh, soft drinks are called soft in contrast with hard alcoholic drinks. And here we and l- listen to this. Small amounts of alcohol may be present in a soft drink, but the alcohol content must be less than 0.5% of the total volume of the drink to be considered soft. Who knew? Fruit punch, tea, and other non-alcoholic drinks are technically soft drinks by definition, but are generally not referred to as such. Unsweetened sparkling water may be consumed as an alternative to soft drinks. That's kind of a weird sentence. 
I love when Wikipedia describes very common things. Soft drinks may be chilled over ice cubes or at room temperature, especially soda. <laughs> it's like, who writes these? They are available in many container formats, including cans, glass bottles, and plastic bottles. Oh, just like my software, available in container formats. Oh, boy. Big, small, and everything in between. Yeah. <laughs> cool. What were we, you just said something that was reminding you of something. Um, oh, no, never mind. I reminded myself. Uh, here's, a, here's a question for, for you. Uh, something I'm wrestling with. I'm trying to solve all my problems. Uh, I'm always trying to solve all my problems, right? And we're here to help. And yes, thank you. One of the problems I... I got a new backpack. I'm not ready to talk about it yet. Not ready to talk about Whoa, it. Whoa, that's huge. Um, but I'm going to be entering. I'm going to have a two backpack lifestyle, I think. And coming up. you're going to wear them at the same time. One no, in the front, one, one in the back. One in the front and one in the back. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like he's ready for load anything. Load balancing. Uh, <laughs> nope, nope. One is going to be for, you know, getting rough and tumble with the traveling, shoving it in places, setting it down in the rain. The other one is going to be my cool city slicker backpack. That's okay. The but two sides of Dan. The two sides of Dan. Do you, what are what are y'all's approach to travel as it relates to vis-a-vis backpacks and like i hesitate to use the word like go bag but do you like do you have duplicates of things that you that you have like set aside so that you just take this one thing and go or do you like unpack and repack your dongles and your cables and your your sleeves and your adapters every time what's your help me help well, I don't travel yeah. as much as I used to, so it's a little different now. When I was traveling a lot more, I did have a tech bag um, that stayed packed with cables and adapters and international plugs and um, all that kind of stuff. Uh, but, like, toiletries and stuff I always unpack. Um, hmm. And I use travel size stuff, so I guess I wouldn't really have to, but I do anyway. Yeah. So I, I don't, I repack my cables. I don't repack my toiletries. I have duplicate toiletries. And then I just leave those in my toiletry bag that is always packed. Ready to go at a moment's notice. Okay, so you, um, yeah, I probably could do it with my cables, but. I don't like to keep them. Well, I don't have this setup that you have, Dan, where I have like one backpack that I use for both day to day and travel. So I don't like to carry around all possible dongles in my day to day backpack because most of the places I go, I already have the things I need. Most of the places you go, you already have the things you need. That, wow. that was That's a profound statement. Deep. <laughs> Explain this to me. Most of the places well, you go already have the things you need. Most of the places I go are work and home. Oh, okay. Okay. I think what he's saying is all you need is yourself. Right. Wherever Colby is, that's all Colby needs. Yeah. Self-love. Hashtag self-love. Hashtag Colby is love. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Is it weird that I really enjoy packing and unpacking? No, I think I, I think that's very com- like a very comforting activity. OK, because it would drive me crazy insane. to like leave a packed bag. That really that would bum me out. I couldn't do that. <laughs> Mainly because you... I end up going in there needing stuff and it ends up being a teared apart mess. So I'm like, I'm just going to unpack it. Hmm. What do you like about it? Well, I'm an anxious traveler. I'm an anxious everything, but I'm an anxious traveler. And the the process of preparing and packing for a trip calms me down. So I act, that's actually mm. kind of one of the primary reasons I enjoy doing it, because then it's very organized and you can put, plan Here, stuff out and go through the routine of it. Um, that's that's what I enjoy about it. Cool. That makes sense. I get that. Yeah. 
All right. This was not necessarily very helpful, but thank you anyway. Have we ever been helpful? <laughs> I think I think that would be a first. But that's that's exciting. So is it two new bags or one new bag? One new bag. I'm still debating if I want to keep the small one or get the really big one. Um, but, yeah, new so, bag. I have a bit of a bag problem, so maybe you'll be okay. able to help me because I have my my Timbuktu messenger bag that I've had for five or six years, and it's a great bag. I've I've loved it. I travel with it. It's great, but I'm I don't I don't really need a messenger. I want a backpack. I don't want to do a messenger bag anymore. But the only thing, uh, so I use my bag every day going to and from work. But the only thing I carry in it is my laptop. I carry nothing else in it but my laptop. Mm-hmm. And so I'm debating if I want to get like a really small backpack that is basically just a laptop and nothing else, or should I get a bigger backpack in case I need to put more stuff in it? How often do you ever put something else in it? Very rarely. And you you have a backpack that works well enough in those limited cases now? So I have a big backpack now. Um, that I suppose I could go to and from work, but it's kind of, that's also the problem with the messenger bag. It's just too big for what I need it for. Right. It looks silly because it's empty. I mean, it sounds like you need a briefcase. You need oh. a nice fetching briefcase. Do I want to be that guy? I think you, I think you, you were wearing a suit last night. I think you could be that guy. <laughs> I, I do love suits. That's true. Do you think Does I should? Make- yeah. Oh, I was going to say, do they make briefcases that are just laptop holders? Oh, sure. But I'm now you got me thinking I should go on eBay uh, and get like like an old timey Don Draper 1950s briefcase. Could would that cool. would that be pretentious of me? Uh, slightly, but it would be really cool. I feel like that would unlock a whole new like social interaction for you where you could like slam it down on people's desks and like crack it open. I mean, people mm-hmm. would constantly be coming up to me wanting to talk to me about how much I suck. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Maybe. You know, I it's mean, a great conversation possible. starter about how I'm a loser. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, this is great. Yeah, no, Pro, they're all kinds pros and cons. of fun uh, vintage bags here. Yeah, I'll hold off until Dan's review. Maybe he can help me. Steer me in the right direction. I'll try to help. We know how good Dan's recommendations are. He is a man of exquisite taste. Exquisite taste. Exquisite. Exquisite. Exquisite taste. If I say it enough, it will be true. Um, Do you guys have big Columbus Day plans? It's Columbus Columbus Day weekend. Oh, it is. Oh, that's no. this week. Do people not? Do people not get that as a as a holiday? Negatron. No, I mean Colby gets I it get as, a it as a holiday. Yeah, for for different reasons. <laughs> it, it's one of my eleven holidays I get. So, um, I think that's a a New England perk because we actually have a fall here. Right. Um, oh. Why is why is Columbus Day necessarily fall related? Because oh, it happens you mean in October. It's nice to have the day off. No, I think the reason it's a bigger deal up in the Northeast is because the Northeast actually has a fall. I see. You know, Columbus sense. Day in Arizona would be weird because you know it's it's a it's a fall holiday. Right. There's no no benefit. Right. Right. It's very Can't seasonal. Go apple picking. Yeah. No, no. God, Apple. Can we just can can we just put that out there for a second? That apple picking is the worst. I haven't gone in a long time. You you overpay to pick mediocre apples that were would just the same stuff as at the store. The experience is barely fun. Barely, you're doing free manual labor for an apple farm that you paid for the privilege of. That's true. I haven't done the math on it. I do wonder is it is is the price better? Like are you getting more apples for your money given that you've done half the, you've done half the thing? No, you pay like $30 for $10 worth of apples. 
Man. So no, that's it's insane. It's I don't understand it. I think people just like to dress up and play fall. Yeah, it's an excuse. It's a, I don't. Is this popular near you, Sean? Oh yeah, I know a lot of people. A lot of I went as a kid. Never really as an adult because I'm not a big Apple guy. Um, oh, the, we talk about Apple all the time on this podcast. I, <laughs> and I don't own too many of their products, not yet. Anyway, <laughs> um, no. I honestly, I'd rather go pumpkin picking or. Uh, Christmas tree picking or any of the other sort of choose your own outdoorsy things experiences. Fair. But I'm also an old curmudgeon, so. Also fair. I also like candy corn, so you can't trust my judgment. Um, Alrighty, guys, are you ready to talk uh, some news here? Let's do it. I'm ready. All right. There's well, been some exciting stuff. Yeah, there's not a ton in the rundown, but there certainly is some. So while you guys peruse that, I want to thank everybody who's watching us live right now on Facebook or on Twitch at Facebook.com slash Don't Panic Show and Twitch.tv slash Don't Panic Show. Uh, we do it live Monday nights about 10, 15 Eastern. You can join us then. And if you're watching live right now, make sure you comment on Facebook or Twitch. We'll be watching. Uh, Zach already said candy corn sucks. And I replied with, well, you suck. So <laughs> it's going great in the chat Sick room. Burn. Uh, so you're going to want to join us there. Uh, in the meantime, guys, where are we going to start? I think we should start at the top and talk about this Roku story. Okay. Yeah, this is a bit of a wacky one. Um, you know, a lot of people don't realize Roku isn't just a hardware manufacturer. They're also an ad serving <coughs> company. If you've ever, if you own a Roku and you've used like the, the A&E app or the Fox app, or they serve up a lot of those ads and then the company, you know, then they, they're kind of the middleman for the ads. Um, well, they're going to be trying a new, uh, ad type, an interactive pop-up ads overlaid on related TV commercials. Um, so, for example, you might be watching a live stream of NBC and a Geico commercial plays. A pop-up will come on your screen, an interactive ad on top of the ad you're already watching. Um, the pop-ups will only display over ads that have partnered with Roku on the feature specifically Um for example, uh, the sort of idea that they have uh, in this article is a pop-up ad during a Geico ad for the movie Ghost Town, um, which is sponsored by Geico, I guess. Um, and so during the ad, another ad for the movie pops up. Um, it builds on Roku's existing automatic content recognition technology, uh, which it introduced back in 2017. It is an opt-in feature. Uh, you are able to turn it off, but then you won't be able to use their More Ways to Watch feature. Um, which uh, senses what you're watching on broadcast TV and alerts you, hey, you can watch it on Netflix or Hulu or, or other such services. Wait, how does that work? So I believe it only works on Roku TVs, specifically not the boxes. Uh. Um, and the boxes, you know, connected to your cable box or, or whatever, um, it's constantly scanning the screen for what you're watching and trying to match it. So, yeah, this, I I don't have a Roku. I guess my mom does. It seems to work fine. It just, it when Roku first came out, I was like, wow. It's, you know, in 2011, it felt like they were very simple and everything just worked and you never had to, like, worry about software updates uh, or any of that stuff. Now... From where I'm sitting, it it's terribly slow and clunky. The user interface is still simple. I wouldn't describe it as bad, but like still just the lag on like moving between the list items is like kuching. You like click, scoop, click, scoop. Like <laughs> really? Um, so I don't understand what they're what they're doing here. I've, I, like to me, this this feels like what a company would do if it thought it had reached like market saturation and it has roku really like shouldn't they be competing against apple and amazon or do they just given up against apple and amazon no roku's huge in the streaming space they're the leader i believe i mean they're they're they have a pretty commanding chunk of that market already 
Um, and, you know, I've used Roku for a long time. I've used a ton of them over the years. Uh, and you're absolutely right, Dan. The problem I found is there is some software bloat, but also their hardware essentially goes bad so quickly because there's so little power in them that every time they add, like I have a, a 4K Roku in my living room that is screaming fast because it's got a big chip in it. But if you buy the $20, $30 Rokus, two years, they're they're chugging super slow because they can't keep up with the software. That's what kills them. Um, mm-hmm. And, and mm-hmm. Uh, users don't realize that when you buy the cheap ones, you, you, you're not getting the power you need. So I'm curious how features like this will impact that that performance aspect. Like I said, this is only for the built-in TVs, so um, it's going to be a little bit different. Right. But I own a Roku TV, and I love it. I've been very satisfied. It's worked great for me. You use that for streaming? I do. I have, uh, in my bedroom, I have a a TCL Roku TV. The picture is really great. Um, The software, I agree, not the prettiest to look at. Um, It doesn't like crash super often so it works um you know i haven't had any major issues interesting Hmm. i like friend of the show emily has a roku just a regular roku i like the fish screensaver that they have on there Is is it better or worse than the than the slow mo high res Apple TV screensaver? Uh, different experience. Okay. Um, I like them both. I think the the Apple TV slow mo screensavers are great, but this one is like, I'm, I don't know if it's like a looping video. It looks like it's like computer rendered, like fish in an aquarium, like swimming around the aquarium. And it just goes on forever. It's this the same thing. Just like it's like panning across the aquarium and the fish are swimming. It's very weird. But I like it. Do you know fish are soothing? It's a it's proven. Science has proven it. Oh. To, is this yeah. what you're doing with your time off building? <laughs> yeah, I've been fish watching research? fish saver. <laughs> He's so calm. Yeah. Can you tell? Well, there you go, Colby. If you're looking for something to do with your uh, with your newly found free time, there isn't a Don't Panic Roku app yet. <laughs> That's true. Coffee. Oh, could could you could you imagine? Uh, you know, you're you're watching like the the news or something, and it's it's a terrible story, and a pop up comes up. Hey, don't panic. Listen to Don't Panic. It's our show. Do you remember Colby when we looked at how to make a who a Roku app? Or maybe this wasn't us. Um, it was at the time. It was a bunch of. It was just all XML. Like it was all some like custom uh, markup language thing. There was no real programming. Mm, interesting. Sounds like a blast. Now I tried to build a Roku app mm. a couple years ago. That was that's what it was. Yeah, that's what I got my GitHub account for that I've never used since. Um, and it did not go well because I did not know what I was doing. It was an enormous hassle. What was your app going to be? Are you still holding on to it? <laughs> no, it was just gonna be, no, it was going to be a coffee and beer app and it was going to have the, the shows on it. That was the whole idea. Cause I'm like, gotcha. how hard could it be? And it was, it was hard. It was difficult. Huh? I couldn't, I couldn't figure out. It just didn't work and I couldn't figure out what I was doing wrong. So I did what I do most of the time, which is quit, give up. Hmm. Nobody watches Fair. the videos anyway, so I'm not too worried about it. Fair. Uh, let's go ahead and continue on here. Uh, we want to do the next story in our moving, working our way down, or do we yeah. want to jump around? Sure. Jump around. Jump, All right. Jump, oh, jump in in uh in relation to the fish, I think Emily says that's why there are fish in pediatricians' offices. Oh, see, I. I always assumed that they fed the fish the pieces of children they cut off. Mm. Well, it's like a, it's a it's kind of a symbiotic relationship, right? right. Like re- you need the children to come in and be relaxed and not freaked out when you're going to cut bits off of them. And then you got to do something with the bits. So. Makes Came sense to the fish. Yeah, it's perfect. 
doctor's offices are terrifying. Um, no, so we've got a new thing here. Um, the major carriers in the U.S., AT&T, Verizon, and Sprint, and T-Mobile, um, announced a project last year called Project Verify, a way to log into apps without making a new account or password each time, relying on your smartphone to authenticate you. Um, they've officially rolled out a name for it, ZenKey, uh, and it's going to start to roll out very slowly. Um, the idea is that uh, it will use uh, not just your phone number, but also your carrier account tenure, phone account type, and SIM card. Um, it uh, you'll, What you'll do is you'll set up the ZenKey app offered by your specific carrier and add a PIN or biometric authentication. Uh, once you've set it up, you'll start to see websites with a green sign in with ZenKey button um, where you can tap to log into that service uh, pretty straight forwardly now it's not really publicly available uh it's in testing you can't try it out and there's really no websites that support it at the moment cool. we, don't, we don't know what apps or will support it what websites will support it what services will support it we don't know what phones will support it um we just know that theoretically it exists weird so Kind Passwordless, of man. That's the future, apparently. Uh, ooh, yeah. Hey, now is this subject to the same, like, you know, whoever calls up your phone carrier and steals your SIM card and then you lose? I hope not, but that's a good question. Uh, what? How are they going to fix that? I don't know. That's why I, I don't understand what is so secure about this. You know, like like nowhere is like I'm on their website and I'm scrolling through and it's very shiny and all this, but they don't actually explain what the security like technology is that I need some like oh, it's got to be a 286 hex bit key technology. Like I need some gibberish to tell me that this thing is secure because it's very vague. Like, I don't understand how this is more secure than using one password with two-factor authentication. I don't think it is, uh, except that, like, the problem with two-factor auth is, as we've seen, that not all two-factor auth is, is created equal. Sure. So there is a right way to do it and a wrong way to do it. And, like, what's the percentage of people that do two-factor auth at all, and plus the people who are using just a phone number to do two-factor auth, and then how, right? So if you could make it slightly more secure for everyone, that would seem better, Uh, especially because, actually, it would probably be way more secure. Like, imagine... And I'm not I'm not 100 sure on this, but my understanding, like passwordless, is the thing that security people actually talk about. If you weren't using passwords, if you were authenticating literally any other way, you couldn't choose your uh, just one English word as your password. It couldn't be done. Mm-hmm. Uh, everyone's password would be basically as secure. You'd still have all of the. Uh, Fishing problems, but it would be better than nothing. Uh, so that's that's the idea: is that passwords themselves are bad. But isn't Does that make sense? Yeah, but isn't also giving your phone carrier control over your security also like I to me this just screams carrier lock in mm-hmm. because they say it will work across all carriers. They don't say if you can port it between, um, which is interesting and. That what happens if you say, okay, I don't want to use ZenKey anymore? You know, the, what's the process for transferring your account? If it's just a, you know, if you're using one pass or last pass or something, you can always change the pass. You know, you still own the credentials. I get, I don't want to own my credentials. But the question is, who do you want to own your credentials? Is that Verizon? I don't know. <laughs> That's the question. I don't, I don't know how you sell people on this. Yep, that's a good question. Yeah, I, I frankly, I don't. You know, we talked uh, previously on the show about sign in with Apple, um, which is their new sort of uh, generified sign in tool. 
I, I don't think people are going to use it because the average person isn't going to understand it. The average person doesn't use a, a password uh, capture tool. Uh, that's true, but I feel like a lot of people use Facebook login. Or, or, or am I but, off base there? No, no, I think you're right, but that's different, right? Is it different? Then sign in with Apple is... Well, from, from a user's perspective, you go to... Tinder or whatever is the only one I can remember that said they were going to have it. Or did they not say that they are going to have it? I don't remember. I whatever don't. it is. And you see sign in with Apple and you you see sign in with... Like, it would be placed next to the sign in with yeah. an email, sign in with Facebook stuff. Yeah. So you're just like, it's the same thing. It's better in a lot of ways. It is. I agree. But that's the thing is sign in with Facebook has been around longer and I feel like people are actually less likely these days to use sign in with Facebook because of various... Yep news and security issues. And then you see sign in with Zenkey and you're like, I don't even know what Zenkey is. <laughs> you know, it's, it's going to yeah. be a tough education um, for people to use. I think they're weary of those. I wish they yeah. would use them. I mean, I think, I think something has to be done about security. I'm just curious if this is the <laughs> right, you know, remember when, whatever happened, weren't all the carriers um, supposed to be doing uh, like a QR code payment thing a couple years ago. Do you remember that vaguely? ISIS. Yes. Was it, was it called ISIS at one point? I think so. Um, and I was like, that was going to be the big deal is that it, it was going to be universal payments everywhere. And then the thing just never came out. <laughs> I, uh, yeah, I agree that the phone carriers are not well positioned to do this. Yeah. I was browsing the website here and at the bottom, there's a security link and I clicked it and it says, contact us for security <laughs> topics. <laughs> At secure security at myzenkey.com. So inspiring. Yeah. Inspiring. Just just toss all your passwords into this black box and we'll we'll probably let you in. Okay, well let's uh let's roll on to our next story here. Instagram introducing threads, a new messaging app designed to only be used by your closest friends. Uh, it's a companion for Instagram that lets you quickly share text, photos, and videos with your close friends list. It also uh, invites constant passive sharing of your location, status, and other intimate data. Um, it has three core components. The first is the camera. It's the default screen, very Snapchat. Um, it's just for taking photos and videos, no filters. Um, you take the picture, you uh, tap the person's photo, and you swipe to send it. It's, again, very Snapchat. Uh, the second component is the inbox, which is where you get your messages. And the final is the status screen. Um, the idea is to constantly be sharing where you are and what you're doing. So you pick a status um, that'll hang up there, or you can opt into auto status, which will refresh your status throughout the day as you move about your life. It will learn when you're at home or at work uh, and update accordingly. It won't store your exact location, but it will use the information to create context. Uh, if you're at home, you might want to go out. If you're, at, you know... Those sorts of things. Uh, the status will only be seen by your close friends. Has 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 one of these ever worked for Facebook? No, other than Messenger. Like one of the the spinoff apps, you mean? Right. Mm. I guess Messenger, but that wasn't. That wasn't Facebook trying a new thing in a different app. It was just taking an existing thing right. and pulling it out into an app. No, I agree with you. I don't. I cannot think of any other Facebook. Even even like Groups had its own app for a while, and they folded that back into the platform. Uh, same with Events. So right. no, I, I don't think they've ever really succeeded. Paper, pour one out for Paper. The first oh. and only good one. Yeah. Well, remember what was it? Uh, Slingshot. Um. Yep. yep. What was the rooms? Remember rooms? Or was that Google who did rooms? No, that was Facebook too, I think. Yeah. There were a shockingly large amount of these defunct Facebook apps. Who oh boy. Um, a new defunct Google app. I think. Did either of you download this? No. No. Did you download it? Yeah. Ooh, wanna get we should get a thread. Yeah, we can get a thread. It's basically your Instagram DMs in a separate app. So I I don't know. If it has anything going for it, it's that there's already stuff happening in there. Yes. 
Yeah, that it syncs with your Instagram account. Yeah. All right, I'm downloading threads. We can thread each other. That's that sounds. There's cool. also a Threads business communication app. Yeah, it's very hard to search for. Thread, <laughs> threads for Instagram, I think, is the. Yeah. Threads from Instagram, a camera app for close friends. Now the question, Colby, are you going to share your auto status? No. Come on. I'll take the challenge. I'll do it, but it's going to be very boring because I don't do anything. <laughs> the auto stat. This is probably the worst time for me to do that like, because still home. <laughs> yes. All right. I'm going to do it. I I will I will volunteer to be the one who turns on auto status. What is auto status? So that's where it automatically refreshes your status based on where you are algorithmically. So, uh, I'm so going to learn more. So, so I, yes, I would like to learn more. Oh, but see, it says Colby Revenue sent you a photo on Instagram. I got the Instagram notification. That's confusing. Oh. All right, pick your people. I wonder how well this is going to work in New York. Who are my close friends? This is a kind of good guess as to who my close friends are. You're going to turn on auto status, Sean? I I will take the bullet and uh, and do auto status. Let's see. Turn on notifications. So who can see my status? Only people on my close friends list can see my status. So it'll just be you and Colby. Yes. Turn on. <laughs> uh, actually, never mind. I don't want to do this. I take it back. Oh, they want my motion activity. All right. Yeah. I'm going to do that. Wow, you're, you're really going. Yeah, why not? Do they want your heart rate and... Uh, yeah, look, it says here they need my, my, my thoughts. <laughs> How is that even possible? All right, I'm going to send Sean a picture. Ooh, I, I took a picture. Can I send you a picture that I took? Um, it, it looks like I can't send you a goddamn picture that I took. It's supposed to be Snapchat, Dan. You can't do that. Ooh. There we go. I sent Colby a photo. Ah! Oh, look, and I got Colby's. But once again, this it's it's also got Instagram stuff in here, so I'm really confused. All right, I'm going to set... What should I set my status as? I'm going to say watching, because I'm watching <laughs> us do this show. This is, I don't know what, I, what I'm looking at here. I hit play, and it's a photo of me on Skype. Bad color on that monitor, Dan. It's, uh, it's fluxed. Oh, there you go. I want to set my status to... Yeah, that's very lame. I'm Easy. unimpressed. Unimpressed. But yep. we'll see. We'll report back next week how many threads we... We weave. Oh, the threads that we weave. Oh, those magic threads. Um, alrighty, well, let's. This is going to end up being our last story due to time. Uh, Microsoft's big Surface event. Were you guys excited by all the things they announced? Uh, Are you aware of what they announced? Oh yes, yes, yes. The dual screen phones. Yeah, this is exciting. Uh, there was a new Surface Laptop Three. It's just got more specs. We'll move past that. A new Surface Pro Seven. Better specs. We'll move past that. Uh, Surface earbuds. Uh, 24 hours of battery life with a charging case, omnisonic sound, and a directional dual array microphone. Um, it also has office integrations, so you can advance slides in PowerPoint using them. They'll be available later this year for $249. The exciting stuff, uh, starting with the Surface Pro X, and yes, it is X, not 10. Um, it's their new premium two-in-one tablet. Uh, so it's basically the Surface where you can, it's a tablet till you snap a keyboard onto it, 13 inch. But what's interesting about it is it is ARM-based. It's running a custom SQ1 chipset uh, that they worked with Qualcomm to put together. They say it has three times the amount of performance per watt than the Surface Pro 6 and the GPO pushing over two teraflops, which I'm told is a lot. Um, now, the interesting thing, it is running an ARM-specific version of Windows that they say will be compatible with most apps, not 64-bit apps. So um, you're going to have to play with that and figure that out. Uh, but it's very light. It's very thin. Uh, the thinnest Surface laptop yet. Um, and yeah, supposedly uh, 
supposedly an interesting, uh, their first ARM-based Windows device. And is this technically a phone, or haven't they really said? No, this is a computer. This is just a regular Surface. We haven't gotten oh, to the, okay, this okay. isn't the foldable sorry, stuff sorry. yet. I just wanted to, it is interesting that they're doing an ARM-based Windows, so we can then talk about their dual-screen Surface, which is Surface Neo, which is running a different variant of Windows, Windows 10X. Um, the hardware, the Surface Neo, two 9-inch displays held together by a 360 hinge. It's not one display. It's actually two. Um, it's in development, targeting holiday 2020. Um, it's got a keyboard that rests on top of the display. Uh, it runs Windows 10X. Now, 10X is a Windows variant designed for multi-screen devices um, like this one. Uh, it's different than Windows. It has new container technology that lets it run legacy apps. Um, they haven't said much about what exactly it will have, uh, but it will have a brand new start menu. It's it's going to be totally redesigned, but right now it's exclusively for multi-screen devices uh, coming not only from Microsoft, but also from other manufacturers. In addition to that, they also announced the Surface Duo. It is an Android-powered foldable tablet meets phone. Maybe the most interesting they, thing they announced um, it is, uh, smaller than the Neo, uh, two 5.6 inch displays rotating 360 degrees. So it can be fully unfold unfolded into a miniature 8.3 inch tablet. Um, each display can also run two different apps at the same time, or it can be turned into landscaping mode, allowing the second display to be used as a keyboard or game controller. Uh, it does run Android, as I mentioned, heavily skinned. Uh, it's meant to look like windows 10 X, but it will have the Google play store on it, um, and be running a full version of, uh, Android. Uh, it won't be available until holiday 2020. Now, that's the weirdest part of this announcement to me is, why so late? Uh, it's, I, I, well... I'm not late. Late's the wrong word. Why I, so early? Like, why are they announcing it so early? I think because everyone's rush? talking foldable and they've got to seem... Uh, it's a marketing thing more than anything else. I mean, they, they have said that part of the reason the Neo uh, specifically is going to be taking so long is because it's um, got all kinds of crazy display technology, the thinnest LCD ever created. Um, so uh, there's definitely going to be some, not only software, but real hardware innovation happening to make this thing a reality. I kind of like the way the, the earbuds look like the flat thing. Yeah, have you seen a picture of them in somebody's ears? Yeah. They are chunky. <laughs> you like this, Colby? I I don't know if I want them. <laughs> You're it's interested just, by it. It's them. just interesting. Yeah, that's I I, that's maybe that's the right word. It looks like you can do gestures on them of some kind or something. Yes, that's why it has so much uh so much surface <laughs> area there. Um allowing for swiping and tapping and um, doing all those sorts of gestures. Neat. It's basically a touchpad coming out of your ear. Great. I'm excited. <laughs> I think the phone's cool. I'm, I'm, I'm See, down with the duo. So here's a question. What would you use the second screen for? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Probably nothing. Okay. <laughs> I may never open this thing up. You know what it is? There are, again, this is where the issue comes in of having one complete display you fold and having two separate displays. Because I'm like, oh, I play like iPad type games on it. But it's two separate screens. So you really can't play one continuous thing across both screens. I mean, maybe you can, like. It's possible. Well, yeah, I just there would be a big line through the middle. Right. Um, for whatever that experience is worth. Weird. What would I use both screens for? I couldn't think of anything. I guess you could try to use it like a tablet. Like that seemed to be something they're pushing a little bit. Or sorry, like a laptop. Uh, yeah, with a, like they said, keyboard or game controller on the second display. Yeah, but a keyboard or a game controller would be better than a screen. <laughs> well, that's true. That no, you're not wrong. I mean, and that's the idea with the um, the Neo 
uh, which is the larger one, uh, they'll actually have a like plastic keyboard you put on top of the screen, and then it, w- it doesn't take up the whole oh. screen. Right, you got, you're gonna love this. Ready for this? You put the keyboard on the screen. It takes up about two thirds of the screen, and above it, it automatically becomes a bar, like the touch bar, where it'll have certain interactive options. But they don't call it the touch bar. They call it the wonder bar. Ooh, wunderbar. <laughs> Ooh, wow. Good job, Microsoft. <laughs> That's awesome. That's yeah. Awesome. So no, I don't. No, I don't know if anyone. Uh, to me, the bigger ones probably the more practical idea. Um, for someone who sometimes has a tablet and because so, to me it's just like a better laptop or a better surface, right? Uh, mm-hmm. If you're willing to spend more money, you might as well get another screen out of it. But the the phone one without a continuous screen, I agree with you. It's really only for multitasking. And what do you do on a phone that really requires multitasking? Right. Yeah. We could be missing something big, but uh, I don't think we are. Well, you know, we have a whole year to wait until these things come out. So, yeah. we, we, frankly, we don't even know if any apps oh. are even going to support this. Let's take a bet. Do you think this will ever come out? I think some version of the big one comes out. Okay. Because. Uh, I, yeah. Go ahead. I was just going to say I'm interested in taking bets on the small one. My my gut is they take one look at what is probably going to be a slightly less disastrous but still disastrous Samsung Galaxy Fold uh, rollout, and they're going to be like, eh, maybe everyone will just forget about this. I think they're going to look and see how much work it's going to take to reskin Android to be able to operate on this device, and they're going to say, why are we doing this? Because they, this is a totally reskinned Android. This is not even close to stock, and we know how mm-hmm. skinning Android works, uh, and it's kind of a pain, especially because Google's working extra hard in, in, I don't know if it's the current version of Android or the next one, uh, to include multi-screen form factors in how the operating system responds. They're purposefully building it in, and so to conflict that with Microsoft, I think it's the, I'm, I, I don't know. Mm-hmm. All right, well, you know, you know what my gut says? Check back in. Right before uh, a little over a year from now, and uh... no, I agree. I'm skeptical on the little one. The big one, I I, I think we'll see that. I think we'll see that. <laughs> How many will they sell? I don't know. What will it cost? Very curious, because <laughs> that could be crazy, stupid, expensive. It just to me, even the big one, you're paying for like uh, not that big of a benefit. And you're getting a worse keyboard, I'm sure. Uh, you know, I don't know. But it's one of the, you know, when they did, remember when they did the big desktop surface? Yeah. And it's like only a small portion of people are actually going to buy that. It's for like designers and people who want it to fold down into the table and stuff. It's the same with this, where it's like your average Joe is still going to buy a laptop if they want a Windows device. They're not going to buy this, but it still says, you know, we're ahead of the curve, we're cool, and someone will buy it. Yeah, I was watching the little YouTube video for the Neo. I'm sorry, is the Neo the big one or the small one? I was watching the big for one. The, the Duo. Small one. It looks like when it's open, the sides are like shockingly thin. Which, like, it looks very cool, I guess. But I don't know if that's what I want, I guess, with I mean, no, no out... No, like, out external. Yeah, it seems weird. I, to be fair, I think we saw the problems with the Fold being one continuous display. I think it is more practical to have two displays on a yeah. foldable phone. Right. So give them credit for that. Yeah, but even then, like, those those displays are going to be, they're going to be slapping up against each other and, like, slapping up against the True. back. Getting dirt in there. Uh, yeah, I think there's still going to be problems. Hmm. Fair fair yeah i don't know i want these things to come out because i think they're cool and we need <laughs> phones have been too boring for too long we need some crazy innovations so i hope they maybe maybe they'll do something like the apple does what the apple watch does with the water and the speaker where like when you close it it just like releases a puff of air or something <laughs> it just like shutters <laughs> <laughs> i love it i love it um Super. Alrighty. Well, we got to move on to picks. Um, 
and we've got some great ones here in the rundown. It's the part of the show where you just bring something we want to share. I'm going to go ahead and go first, and then I'm very excited to hear Dan's because I've been following his Twitter saga for a while. So um, mine's pretty quick. It's a physical item pick that you can buy. Uh, guys, how often have you been in the dark and said, I would like to be able to see things? I'm in the dark one way or another almost every day. There you go. Well, if I got the product for you, it is the Vicello V800 headlamp flashlight. I've got mine here. You look like an idiot wearing it. Um, I originally bought this for snowblowing at night because it's much cheaper to do this than put a light on your snowblower. Uh, but recently I've been watching my mother's dog, been walking him out at night, and this thing is great. It's really, so it's got uh, red lights and they'll flash a button for that. And then it's got your traditional LED and you can see there on the camera, it's very bright um, and you can adjust the brightness uh, and it even flashes for, you know, in case you're being molested or something. And it's, it's the battery life is great. It's, you can adjust the, uh, the angle on it and it'll stay wherever you put it. Uh, it's just a really good headlamp. And the best part is this 15 bucks. So it's not outrageous. This is the wire cutters, uh, budget pick. Um, and it definitely has everything you need for, you know, unless you're going like mountain climbing or something, you need something better. But if you're walking out at night or something, um, or like I said, snow blowing or, or any opportunity you need a headlamp, I've been very satisfied with it and I've used it plenty of times. So the, the Vicello V800, uh, you can get the link on the wire cutter. Of course, it'll also be on our website uh, and you can buy it on Amazon. And it comes with this like, I don't know if they still do, but it came with this garish band that said uh, feeling Whoa. alive on it for some reason, which uh -huh. is which is weird. Um, I didn't care for that, but other than that, it's very nice. You haven't replaced it with an aftermarket band. I, uh, you know, I honestly don't use it that often. Uh, I snowblowed, I think three times at night and then I've been using it walking the dog. <laughs> it was so funny because I was walking the dog in front of my neighbor's house and their kids and wife or whatever, uh, a couple came out of the house and the dog out of, of course it's dark and the dog out of nowhere all of a sudden starts barking at them and they didn't realize I or the dog was there and I scared the shit out of them. It was great. <laughs> they were so startled and I had the headlamp on. I don't know how they didn't see me. So <laughs> anyhow, that is my pick. Uh, Dan, you, you got to break down the whole saga for me because I, I never learned what your problem was with the original app and now I want to know right. what you've chosen. I've been using, I've been a loyal Dark Sky customer for six years Something like that. Like, ever since I moved to iOS, I think. Uh, and it had been working great. I want to say until last year, where anecdotally I started noticing, like, wow, like, I don't know. Like, I, I definitely check Dark Sky every morning. And then I turned on the rain uh, alerts, which I don't know when those got added. Because cause I noticed that I was just getting caught out in the rain, literally. Uh, way more often than I used to. Yep. And two weeks ago and last week, I got caught out in really bad rainstorms. And in both cases, and I know I have coworkers who have Dark Sky, they all confirmed, like, yep, nope, mine didn't say anything this morning. I didn't get a notification. And so this may be a Quixote quest, but on principle, since I demand satisfaction, as John Roddick would say, uh, I am no longer going to be using Dark Sky. But then the question is what to use. I tried Carrot Weather. I think Carrot Weather is kind of gimmicky and stupid and, and not that good of an app. Like, yep. it's, hard, it's hard to understand what's going on. Uh, so now I'm trying Weatherline. Uh, Weatherline is, like, its philosophy is I'm going to draw a line for either the next day or the next week. As the temperature goes up, the line goes up, the color of the line changes depending on if it's going to rain or not. And if it is going to rain, it'll show you, like, a probability percentage. That's it. There's stuff on the bottom, with, like extra details. I never look at that. Uh, you can add like different cards for your different cities. Um, I really, really like the UI. It's not free, or maybe it is free to download, but there's like a premium subscription. Yeah. Um, ads. Yeah, it's not free, but uh, I really, really like the UI. The other downside is there is no iPad app. Uh, or website or anything like that. Um, mm. It uses dark sky data and other kinds of data, uh, but I don't know if this is the solution yet, so I might still try a couple others. Uh, yeah. Cool. 
Yeah, this Neat. looks nice. Um, yeah. I'll, I'll download it and check it out. It's iOS only, also. Yeah. Nice. Well, keep us informed as you uh, as you try out some more. Curious. Weatherline on the App Store. Uh, Colby, take us home. You got another uh, another nice app for us. Yeah. Uh, I decided randomly to try a different sleep tracking app. Um, I've been, the one I use for ages is called pillow and it works fine, but I just decided to try a different one for kicks. Mostly I wasn't, I wasn't rage quitting or anything. Um, and the, the, I think probably the do by Friday people have talked about auto sleep before and I tried it and it is very cool. It has way more information, has lots of dials. I also feel like it, 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 uh, it seems to be a little more like its interpretation of when I slept well versus when I did not sleep well is a little more like accurate to when I feel bad and or when I feel like I didn't sleep well and when I did like there were times with pillow where I would I would wake up and be like oh I feel like great and refreshed and it would be like oh you had a terrible night's sleep doesn't make any sense um so it's cool. The thing I like is it has this sleep debt thing. So, like, if you don't sleep enough a couple nights in a row, you, like, accrue sleep debt. And then when you get, like, good night's sleep, like, your sleep debt goes down. I I think that's the... That kind of tracks nicely with, like, how tired I am as the week goes on. I thought it was kind of cool. Yeah, I don't know if I had to pay for it question mark it can't be free maybe i do <laughs> you don't believe it it's 2.99 oh yeah right 2.99 yep but no in-app purchases you just pay new to 2.99 and you got it yeah so that's all right pretty all right. i've been using this for years and it's great dan you actually picked it on the show Really? A double pick! Back at the end of November 2017, episode 184. On that same episode, I picked the movie Coco, and Colby picked his iPhone X. Coco, I I did watch that many years later, and it is good. Um, Well, does that mean the show's over? Is this our keychain challenge? Yep, we've looped it. Um, no, I've also used auto sleep, I think based on Dan's recommendation and I also endorse uh-huh. aggressively. I thought it was great. I will also say, I don't know if you guys, um, I stopped using sleep tracking cause it was just annoying and I wasn't getting anything out of it, but I do use from the same developer Heartwatch, um, which actually you might be able to buy both in a bundle. I know they had that for a little while, um, which is, uh, the same style and design, but for heart activity for your heart rate. And you get heart rate alerts, and you can track your heart rate over time. Great app. If you're interested in it at all, it's another $2.99, uh, but it's an excellent um, it's an excellent heart tracking app. Heart Watch, all one word. And they do have a bundle, so you can actually get um, all three. You can get uh, Auto Sleep, Heart Watch, and Auto Wake, which is um, uses your sleep data to wake you up at the right time. And you get all that for $6.99. So you save like two bucks, two, three bucks. Can you retroactively purchase the bundle if you've already purchased one? I don't think so, though. That would be a good idea. That would be cool. I've never tried Auto Wake. I would love to know if it's any good. That sounds interesting. It's a haptic smart alarm for your watch. It can wake you up by tapping you on your wrist using your watch's haptic engine. I did. It does. Auto Wake does have some questionable reviews. I think it's they one were of the, from many months ago. And, you know, I think it's one of those things where if it works, it probably doesn't work for everybody. Yeah. Because sleep is so specific per person. Right. Yeah. Cool. Hey, great apps. This is awesome. I love it. Uh, excellent. Well, that's it for picks. We'll have the links to all of those on our website. Um, 
and you'll be able to check that out there. Of course, our website is don'tpanic.io. You can go there and get uh, every episode of the show, the audio, the video, the pics are all there. Of course, you can subscribe to the show wherever you get podcasts, uh, Overcast, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, you name it, we're there. Uh, the video version on YouTube as well. And of course, you can follow us at Don't Panic Show on Twitter, and you can email us don'tpanicshow at gmail.com. Um, is there anything you guys would like to plug? No. No, I'm good. All right. I will very quickly mention uh, that we've got a lot going on over at Up for Debate uh, on the feed as of this recording. Uh, The latest episode is the results of our baking challenge. Um, Those who know Matt know he doesn't do things the normal way. And if you think he baked macaroons properly, you've got another thing coming. You're going to want to listen to at least the first part of that and hear how Matt managed to screw it up pretty badly. So... um, (laughs) It's uh, it's a hoot. You won't believe it. You got to check that out up for debate.tv or you get podcasting coming out later this week. We've already taped it. Our movie draft. These two guys uh, and all of our other players drafted 30 movies coming out this winter. It's one of the most exciting episodes we do. uh, And it was it was a barn burner. I don't know who's going to win. So you're going to want to check that out (laughs) at up for debate.tv or wherever you get podcasts. That's going to do it for this one. We'll be back next week with more tech news. As always, on behalf of Colby and Dan, I'm Sean. Thanks for being here, and we'll see you on another Don't Panic. Bye. This has been a Coffee and Beer production. Executive produced by Dan Miller, Colby Rabideau, and Sean Jennings. To learn more, visit coffeeandbeer.tv.